program, Tom Ward, Aaron. We're glad you're with us, and we welcome into the program Jeff Tarpley from Gigum247sports.com. Jeff, good afternoon. How are you, buddy? Pretty good, guys. How are y'all doing? Terrific. And let's just let's just dive right into this thing, Jeff. Uh, it has been a a good couple of weeks on the recruiting front for Jimbo Fisher and the Texas Aggies. They have landed some quality quality football players. One of the things I think that people just don't understand about Jimbo Fisher, unless you've been around him, is that he's an extremely personable guy. He can relate to just about anybody in a one-on-one situation, regardless of whether it be a prospect, uh, a family member, uh, high school coach, just doesn't matter. He's a person that is going to make you feel at ease, make you feel at home, and be able to use that to sell his vision of what he wants for you, what you want for yourself, and also what you are going to do for Texas A&M. Uh, and in addition, people also forget that Jimbo Fisher is also an exceptionally bright guy. You know, you hear, you hear him talking in the press conference in a, in a kind of a West Virginia accent going about 100 miles an hour, you kind of forget that when you look at all the things on a day-to-day basis, just all the, the levers and strings he has to pull to get things done behind the scenes and, and sometimes out in front of the scenes as well. He's a guy that's always going to have a sound strategy in place to recruit well. He's going to have he, – he's not afraid to go after anyone in the country regardless of who they are, and he's got a set of assistants that he can use to target people, whether it's based on the fact that they – that assistant recruits a certain area or that assistant coaches a certain area and match that up with the prospect so that eventually A&M can land. Aggies ranked six in the preseason polls. Is that about where you think they should be? And is that a little bit of a bulletin board material for, for Fisher? I don't think it's bulletin board material. He said, Hey, you know, he, he said multiple times in the off season, Hey, look, if you're going to be good, if people think you're going to be good, if you have high expectations for yourself, then that's gonna you're you're gonna have a target on your back no matter what you're ranked. If you're anywhere inside of the top ten, and this is supposed to be a very very good A and M football team. In fact, I would almost make the case that since they've got the majority of their roster back, uh, they really didn't lose that many people. Now, of course, they did have the critical losses in the offensive line. Quarterback Kellen Mond is gone. They're going to have to be plugging in someone relatively inexperienced. But when you take all of that into consideration, uh, I don't know that they might not shouldn't be a little bit higher than that. Uh, You know, if you're going to rank Ohio State up there, lost their quarterback. If you're going to rank Alabama up there, lost their quarterback. Uh, You certainly should make the case that A&M might even be a notch or two higher than what they are. When you look at the Aggies at that quarterback position, how do they feel that void for Kellen Mond right now? Is there somebody taking that step forward? Well, I think the guy, I think most people believe the guy is going to be Haynes King, the second-year man from Longview. Uh, he, he put on a great show out at the uh, opening in Frisco uh, two years ago. He got a little bit of playing time last year. Didn't get to throw the, you know, he hadn't thrown the ball around a whole lot. But nonetheless, he he's a great leader off of the off of the field. He's a guy that re, he's very relatable. He works really really hard, both on and off the field. He's got plus athleticism. He's actually a guy who he ran track in high school. 
he's he if you had to plug in another spot, you could play him at wide receiver and probably not skip a beat in terms of his overall athleticism. Talking yeah, he, with um, he's not he's not as great of a passer, I think, as people would want. And, and Zach Calzada, the the third year Georgia products, probably uh, got him beat in that regard. Calzada's got a really really quick release, but again, Calzada's athlete, excuse me, King's athleticism is what think is, is going to make the difference at the end of the day. All right, Jeff. Uh, I, I saw recently where, where Jimbo Fisher said he, he really likes collectively this freshman class that's, you know, that's on campus and, and going through camp with the varsity and, and all that good stuff. What have you seen from this freshman group, and why is he so excited about this, this group? There's just so many athletes, good players from top to bottom that are going to make their mark very, very soon. You know, at the last practice that we were allowed to visit on Sunday, four of the five offensive linemen were newcomers into the program. That's what kind of talent A&M brought in. They plug, they're plugging in a bunch of four- and five-star guys. They're trying to get them as many reps as possible because – They've got spots. They only had, I think, like nine scholarship linemen for the spring game. So 11 in total during the spring. So they've got guys who are really, really talented who can make a move. you got a running back like L.J. Johnson uh, from the Houston area who's already pushing for the number three running back spot. You've got the quality defensive line. Uh, Shamar Turner out of DeSoto. People thought he was going to you know, eventually be a replacement at DeMarvin for DeMarvin Leal defensive end. He's moved inside. He's doing really, really well there. Alvin Regis has joined him on the interior. Uh, a kid from LaPorte, the, the defensive end spot that everybody kind of thought that would be his would be is Tamisi Adelaide from uh, the Houston area, who's a nimble 290-pounder, won multiple reps against veteran players. Uh, you've got corners like Tyreek Chappelle and Deuce Harmon who are already making their presence felt uh, at cornerback. Uh, you could argue right now that Chappelle might be the, the fourth best cornerback on the team. So, again, this is a class that has really, really good athleticism. Most of them have gotten really well developed during the summer program and then even in the short time they've been on campus. And they're going to be sort of making maybe not as much playing time as some of the fans want them to get, but you'll be hearing from them throughout the course of the season. Do you feel like that this Aggies football team, the offense revolves around Isaiah Spiller right now? I think it revolves around the running game. I, I, you've got Spiller, who everybody knows from last year, 1,000-yard rusher, only 10 games. Uh, Bell Cal running back, he proved to have the ability to carry the ball 25, even 30 times in a game, kind of a kind of a lost art, if you would say, due to his size and due to his, his physicality. But uh, Devonta Chain, who was the MVP of the Orange Bowl, he, he had some health issues last year, ran track in the spring. That's how fast he is. He's a guy who, as he proved in that or- as being the Orange Bowl MVP, can be a breakaway threat, a home run threat, and maybe even a closer. You know, if you bang on, you know, people talk about using the the big guy to close and bang on people. Uh, a chain might be the one who's the closer because he can break a game open late. Uh, you know, also I think it's easier for the for the new offensive linemen that they've got, not just in the on the on the second unit, but. They've got four new, you know, five, all five guys right now on the first unit are playing different spots. 
uh, or our newcomers to that unit. Uh, it's going to be easier for them to run block. I think that's the strength of the unit. So I think overall what's going to happen is that you're going to see A&M do what they did last year, run the ball a lot, not put so much in the hands of a young quarterback as they might have with a more experienced Kellen Mock. Talked with Jeff Tarpley from Gigum247sports.com. Jeff, have you seen or is there any really news coming out when it, come, when it comes to NIL, the, uh, the name, image, and likeness thing for the Aggies? I mean, are you seeing guys jumping into the, into the fray, if you will? They're not making it public, so to speak. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of that, at least that's leaked. I think everybody is very, very aware of that. The players are very aware of it. I think most of all, Jimbo Fisher is very aware of it. He's very aware that it could be a distraction. I think A&M has handled everything very, very well. I think they put together an organization to the point where Fish, where the players are going to be able to benefit, but Fisher is still going to be able to uh, – Keep his team, you know, keep his team in check, so to speak, in terms of hey, you're you're getting these opportunities, but these opportunities come on the foot. You have to make the most of them on the football field in order to get them off the field. I think he's doing a very, very good job of handling that so far. What are the rumblings around College Station about Texas joining the SEC? Well, I think the big thing was early on, and especially when the news broke, A and M had had its its identity had kind of gotten caught up in the fact that it was the only Texas school in the SEC. And it, and it sold that not just as an athletic department, but as a university. And if you're recruiting on a national basis, you, you, not just Texas, you're going in different places and going, hey, look, you know, we're, we play in the SEC. In Texas, it was like, we're the only school in the SEC. So it's definitely a positive because of all the All-Americans and, and high draft picks that the SEC produces. However, I think that what A&M is going to have to transition to is something that, again, is, is more akin to what they've been doing from a recruiting standpoint out of state. Not a, they won't be able to identify any longer as being the only Texas school in the league. What they can do, however, is still sell the fact they're in the SEC, and they're going to have to shift gears and go, hey, we're in the SEC, but we're also the, a winning program in the SEC, and we're going to compete for national championships. Come and join us. And I think that from here on, that's going to be A&M's message. And I actually think it's going to be a much better, uh, wind up being a much better message for them than the one they used before. So does this put us one step closer to the Thanksgiving Day game? The SEC typically plays rivalry games on Thanksgiving. I think it, when A&M got into the SEC, uh, the, LSU didn't have an in-state rival. They were kind of hooked up with LSU. Uh, the Tigers and Aggies had, had a history of non-conference games dating back to the 20s. So it, it was something on the surface that possibly – look like it would have worked the problem is is that it never they've had some good games they had the seven overtime game but it hadn't had the same intensity because the guy in the office next to you or your neighbor you know in all likelihood they didn't go to lsu they went to texas where it, it, it in the case of the metroplex they went to, they went to oklahoma so i think from that standpoint it, it's it's much easier to have a rivalry when everything gets much more personal, personal like that. And for, from A&M's standpoint, 
everybody else in the SEC tends to play their rivalry games on Thanksgiving. I, A&M has kind of looked at it as, hey, we don't necessarily, you know, we don't necessarily want, you know, we maybe we do this earlier in the season. But I think with the way everything has sh- shaken out in the SEC over the years in regard to rivalry games, I think eventually that's when the, the word will settle back in on that traditional Thanksgiving weekend day. I don't think it'll be Thanksgiving night, mind you, like it was for a while, but I do think it will be that weekend. I hope so. It was always fun. Uh, hey, Jeff, what are you uh, what are you working on for uh, Gigum Two Four Seven Sports right now? Just you know, continuing to look at things, breaking them down as 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 they happen, so to speak. A and M A and M's practicing right now, of course, going through fall camp. You know, we we talk every day about hey, you know, this is what's you know this is what's going on. This is what we're hearing. You know, this is what the quarterback situation is developing out at. I wrote a long thing uh, Monday morning about all of that, as well as you know some of the things I saw Sunday, some of the things I'd heard over the weekend. And, and Matt kind of merged all that together into one long, one long article. Of course, recruiting, recruiting is twenty is twenty four seven three sixty five now, and you, you just you, you can't, you don't have a day go by without something going on in the world of recruiting. And in fact, you got to keep in mind too, Jimbo Fisher. I talked about how smart he was. A and M had a pool party, so to speak, get together for all the prospects for all the prospects they're trying to sign in the next couple of classes. And there some of those prospects that were in camp on campus, they're gradually making their decisions in favor of A and M. And they're doing it every few days. Well, how is that? Well, in all likelihood, Jimbo Fisher and his staff managed to get these guys committed when they were on campus previously, and now they're just leaving. They're getting them to commit one at a time, not only to sit there and make it seem like every day that A&M is in the news, but also so that each prospect that commits to A&M gets their day in the sun. That's how smart Jimbo Fisher is. Hey, Jeff, we appreciate your time, buddy. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all having me on. You bet. Have a good day. That is uh, Jeff Tarpley from Gigum247sports.com. I was